Welcome back to the fourth floor. This is your host, Chris, and I hope you've been sane, safe, and inside, making TikTok videos of you shuffle dancing, because that's a thing now. In this episode, Jason Calvin and I discuss a paper that was released towards the end of 2019 that opens up the idea that dark energy may not be real or necessary. For decades, astronomers have been using dying stars or supernovae as a measuring stick for seeing how big the universe really is and how it's expanding. And speaking of, amateur and professional astronomers have been pointing their telescopes towards Betelgeuse and watching it carefully as it may potentially be in its final death throes. This is an exciting time for everyone because we might be able to see a supernova in the daytime from Earth since 1054, and we'll be able to collect incredibly accurate data on supernovae since it's so close. I'd also like to say that this is the first professional recording of this podcast. So while you're in your house, cleaning the corners and polishing the doorknobs for the third or fourth time now, just to keep yourself entertained, feel free to listen to this podcast, because we don't sound like a tin can, and if we're speaking moistly, it's from a safe distance, through your speakers. So stay safe, stay apart, and stay listening. Enjoy. Um, we're doing this stuff. Being recorded right now. We You've are, been recorded for a bit. We're... Um, <clears throat> Unless unless we have a serious divide by zero error and have to turf this episode, mm. this is the first one with some fancy actual microphone <laughs> equipment. This yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, we, we've spent money on some equipment, so we don't all sound like we we're don't in a tin all can. sound we like probably we're talking. Sound like we're in a tin can. But yeah, it's, a <laughs> it's like a really high quality tin can. And like we're Anchor, in it's actually like a stainless steel. Christopher's can. Uh, corner. Here with in Christopher's. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, Posters. you can't see. That's a great part about having a podcast is you can't see that they're in my bedroom with all my like nerdy ass posters that yeah. I for some reason. Master Roshi would be pleased. <laughs> yeah. it, also, it, Karun would be great... pleased because these are all cutouts of like arbitrary calendars he sent me, mm-hmm. and that was actually to cover a scrape in the wall. It's continuous past the thing, but you can't Good see it. Save <laughs> exactly. And there's no better cover than like. You know well, the, the Orion Nebula, which the only problem people... is, is that the I noticed the type of walls you have, and you probably use tapes. When you peel the tape off, you know, off comes half your wall. Oh, tapes. absolutely! This is not a like a latex paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did not do I, that. I do like the color. It's good. I like that. The, uh, I chose I chose these colors to be represented oh, at nice. our level. Yeah, Hi. yeah. I put in a lot of a lot of thought into these. Oh, this is a better cooler. Actually, when people can literally see us, it's kind of cool because um, I unintentionally. I mean, where else was I going to put them? But all the books I have are literally just nerd books. Like you're surrounded by nerd books. You're and surrounded by like a book called like the literal Roger Penrose's The Road to Reality, which will never be finished by me. But that's like a physical guide to the entire universe. Is a really good read, and it's also got the maths in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is a everything. really thick book. Holy crap! It, it is, is so thick and it's thorough. Like yeah. the words are heavy, but they're actually kind of juicy because it's, well, it, it's a doable book. I've never gotten through it myself, but I do remember enjoying what I did touch. Like it's Roger Penrose of the Penrose Staircase family tree because yeah. he has a brother. I think his brother was a psychologist. I can't remember. Not that I looked into this, but there's I, a I cool... seem to recall that from my days in psychology class. There was a Penrose. There is a Penrose. And the Penrose is a diagram, right? Yeah. The Penrose Staircase thing yeah. where it's like all the staircases are like upside down or like the, they're all weirdly linked and it's yeah <clears throat> the yeah, impossible so shapes like the impossible triangle where like the ball rolls on all sides all of the sides, triangle yeah they're basically Stuff mobius like strips but in multiple dimensions because why not okay yeah. great so True. anyways that was the book club <laughs> portion that <laughs> <laughs> was but we're actually here to talk about um something that's been talked about lately as as per time of this recording which is the the fact that that 
dark matter sorry no man not, it, <laughs> off it to a good dark, start i hate when people matter. i hate when people miss this up. all right clean take go clean take go the this one's about the fact that um dark energy was seen as unnecessary for some for some point right so there's a paper released about the processes of of like how we've described um supernova you know type 1a's as like the standard candle as for really long distances right mm-hmm. and when you say recently i'm looking at the paper right now i've got it up and it's uh, january 22nd 2020 so this is fresh yeah this is fresh off, hot the, off the press as you will like a little bit cooling hot but off the archive <laughs> when we're talking about supernovas you got like a month and a half of cooling so this is still relevant yeah still and i mean they the didn't press. i don't think they used too, too new of data because we haven't done any much new data they've just been looking at older stuff yeah i think they looked at um they weren't looking at just salt too but they were looking at uh old hubble data and oh yeah it was the sloan digital sky survey too yeah yeah they looked at the second sloan digital sky survey yeah despite there's like eight out now yeah which is ridiculous but they looked at those like old supernovae and they found that they didn't know i mean we don't generally speaking but they used a model that didn't need to consider um the conditions in which those type 1a's actually exploded and so by making adjustments to some of the surveys like new survey results by you know not considering certain things and considering other things they found that um you didn't need dark energy as an explanation that we have these three sort of curves about the expansion of the universe and one of them doesn't actually consider an acceleration really Mm -hmm. so so that's a really interesting result because i mean in astronomy we have in in astronomy we have giant error bars for things and among the error bars for certain distances you're thinking that you know that the curve is like getting larger you know suggesting an acceleration not getting larger at all and just being a linear line like the expansion is just linear it's not accelerating it's just a very regular speed throughout the universe and that's you know that it doesn't need dark energy zero speed expansion at infinite time is the technical term yeah that, exactly yeah yeah curve. right at infinite time and um and then the other one is like you know the great collapse but we already know there's not enough stuff to, for everything to collapse inward well, but that's only if there's no dark energy yeah that's the, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that is the caveat that's the that the default Omega, assumption yeah. right the de- is, if yeah, you yeah, have gravity stuff. and there's stuff that has gravity like it'll it should all eventually slow down and fall back right. into each other mm-hmm. right and so mm-hmm. their so. their main measurements um this is you know done in the 1920s with with hubble and, and mm-hmm. all yeah, them yeah um was is the universe flat we call it and that's that nice flat line that doesn't expand yeah or will it collapse and that was the major work of the time was Mm -hmm. to figure that out and then einstein's equation somebody's like well if we keep lambda in it could also get farther away yeah and so they started playing with that but laughing at it until the 1990s late 1990s yeah hubble the telescope yeah hubble the telescope yeah finished the job of hubble the man yeah (laughs) yeah true and got yeah yeah that's true um so classically with type 1a supernova we're just using that as like the standard candle and before mm-hmm. you like before we actually start recording you were mentioning something about what you and another prof at uvic mm-hmm. were researching yeah so, so what were our assumptions about nickel 56 you're giving so, me all this cool jazz. Yeah, so uh, I do research with Chris Pritchett, who's like a leading researcher with Type 1A supernovas. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm where our research is currently based on rates, 
Yeah. But to find rates, you have to know how they behave in time, yeah. specifically farther back in time, which is a very hard problem. And I, I discussed that in the first episode. And, um, you know, it, it's hard, it's degenerate, and we cry a lot. <laughs> um, in that I'm going to ignore for now the fact that this new paper says that they solved it. <laughs> but anyway, I'll ignore <laughs> that for now. <clears throat> and um, what you have is that when a supernova uh, type 1a occurs you have a star that's it's a white dwarf so we know what mass range it has to be and it finally hits that nice limit where it explodes and for some reason when we see these things explode if we see how bright they are over time you can take them all doesn't matter how far away they are and you can just like put them on top of each other and they all make the same line yeah which is suspicious <laughs> right like that seems a bit weird granted there's a little bit of stats and mathy stuff going on behind that like you have to normalize and blah 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 but you can do it mm. and what these this new paper has said is that you can't which like I say, I'll get into. But what you were specifically asking about is that mechanism of why it gets brighter. Yeah, yeah. And so far, we don't know. Like, I, I currently, we don't know what causes them to explode. I don't know how they gain the mass. Talked yeah. about that earlier. Yeah, but there's actually and we a few. don't know what happens when they finally do explode. Yeah. What we think, that currently the best guess is that somehow this carbon core, this carbon giant chunk of carbon white dwarf, manages to find enough helium somehow not sure where to fuse up itself into nickel 56 and then that nickel 56 slowly decays and that nickel 56 is going to be a very bright decay and that's what causes the the loop and that's the best case scenario we have this new paper suggests that at earlier times conditions are a little bit different that rates a little off yeah. And so those, the curves, you're, you can't, pardon me, you can't just normalize them for the distance like we normally do. You have to normalize them for their age. Yeah. And if they take that into account, they vary the ages, they can, instead of you have those three curves and the 1998 paper had a bunch of dots on the top curve. Yeah. If you vary their ages, you can get them to drop down, which by definition means you can get them to drop down that we're in a closing universe, but they stopped it flat and said, therefore we're flat. So, so you're suggesting that's like, you know, they just had a bias. stopped it. And yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also they claim to know an in-depth idea about a process that we're not even sure if that's what's happening. Yeah. Which I think is funny because when I read the paper, like for the theory portion, they tell you why you can't know. <laughs> they tell you that, you know, you don't know the conditions of the host you know, yeah. of this for the supernova. But you also don't know the conditions of the galaxy. You don't know the conditions of the things between us and it. And then we assume that, like, the brightness it may or may not depend depend on the, you know, the rate, like, the rate of decay, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's what they call um, subsonic or supersonic, actually affects the resulting brightness of that supernova, mm -hmm. which, you know, when we have a standard candle, it's just like a varying brightness thing, right? <clears throat> Especially when we're talking about you know, well, aside, especially from we're talking about like a standard candle, we're talking about something that is, you know, we want to be very, very accurate about so we can actually use this thing as a real, you know, measuring stick. Yeah. 
but um yeah but when you say when you say that we don't know what, how it works and then we're, we're just like making assumptions and tacking now, it on and granted it is very important in science that those first you know, those 90 those 1998 1999 papers were they had the assumption that these are constant throughout time and when you have science done there's always assumptions and that's what you need to take out and i know like the public just likes to attack science you can't attack the science you have to attack the assumptions yeah because that's the foundation and so if supernova just happened to change in time if they happen to behave differently in early universe than late universe yeah that's a very good assumption to attack mm -hmm. but uh, when you don't even know how they behave now and then you're like, well, I'm just going to say they behave differently then, and then I'm going to tweak a parameter, and hey, look, it can be flat. Well, then it can be closed. Yeah, yeah, true. And, and also... Like, and I granted, like, maybe that was the purpose of their paper, but they're, they touted it as, oh, no, you don't need dark energy anymore. Yeah, and Saul Perlmutter... Saul... Oh, man, I really mess up his name. Saul Perlmutter got the Nobel Prize on this topic, specifically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he it wasn't that what that's not a mistake so but also like you're right when we have the ability to tweak these kinds of things um if you can tweak something and you don't know what it's doing and you just arbitrarily decide to stop it yeah i would like to know why you did that so yeah the thing that um would make things possibly depend on time would be metallicity right yeah 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 so yeah. is it possible that you had get different light curves with different metallicity yeah. right and that's like that's, that's, that's totally a very correct. good question um but if you pull up the light curves from the 19 like it's well within yeah. astronomical error which you know you take with a grain of salt and chuckle at yeah um, it's 1998 but they all look the same they lie on top of each other with a very good sigma okay uh, what is it they say something like 4.7 well they got 4.7 in this paper in the i think in the in the second paper you linked they were like yeah we found out oh yeah yeah but that's that's what the thing that i know doesn't work so i'm kind of i want, I want to read more into it that was the thing that like rung for me is like we're doing this almost five sigma right yeah like we're doing whatever I, my bias is to five sigma yeah you know so but yeah like it, it's true it, it metallicity might play an exam the problem is is if you if you take stellar astrophysics the way we know it now, and it's this is actually something I think we're going to get to talk about a little bit later, is more on this astrophysics when we get to Betelgeuse, um, is that the core of a star isn't metallicity dependent. It might as as there's more metals, this it'll have more gunk in it, and that's true. That's fair. They're heavier. They will sink to the bottom. But for most white dwarves, you can just think of them as a giant ball of carbon. Because if they have anything else, anything else will fuse to the carbon. It mm -hmm. has to be electron degenerate carbon and possibly heavier stuff that doesn't act in a resonance. Like there's a whole paper on this that I still don't understand. I read it four times. It still uses words that I don't even think <laughs> should exist. Yeah, <laughs> but I've fed a few of those too. Yeah, it's and it's like, you know, you can basically assume it's a giant ball of carbon because if it has a thing of hydrogen in it, or two like if it has one why mm -hmm. doesn't it have two and then they might touch they might thermonucleate which could cause the rest of the carbon to go boom yeah and so you can have a, a type one supernova that does the it's just a white dwarf going boom but it was a 0.8 solar mass or it was a 0.3 solar mass it just happened to have something that went thermonuclear and critically caused the rest of the carbon to go as well yeah and like these are all questions 
that are unknown. Like that's what I'm working on the rates for is like, well, that's why you have a job doing yeah. that because we <laughs> don't know. Part right? of the, problem. Like the whole premise is that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I get it. I get why you want to be able to tweak a parameter to show that dark energy doesn't exist. Uh, the problem is, and this was actually done and uh, explained by Brian Green so well yeah. the other day. And, oh, it's just, that guy does my job so much better than me, it's kind of sad. But I guess he's had a little bit longer to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit smarter than me, too, we'll go with. Um, You'll get him. But if you look at Einstein's equations, it just works everywhere. No matter, every time we try to test it, his equations are just, they work. Yeah. And so if you go by that logic... If math works as much as you can test it, then can you then say, does untestable math of the same math, if I can't test something, can I say it works? Technically in science, no. Yeah. You have to be able to prove it. But one of the, the predictions of Einstein's field equations is that if I have a uniform field of energy, gravity is repulsive. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's dark energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's right. also a really cool PBS video on this. It's a couple <laughs> years old, but it explains that topic exactly. Yeah. It, it does it in the context of pressures, too. What's BBS? PBS. Oh, sorry, PBS. PBS. Yeah. Oh, okay. PBS <laughs> FaceTime. It's actually a wonderful Yeah, YouTube yeah, sorry. Channel. PBS. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. that's, that's a, a huge PBS shout out. Space Those folks time? do a really good job. Yeah, PBS FaceTime okay. is yes. like in 2016, 2015. I'll throw it in somewhere. Me and a couple of kids up on fourth floor used to answer their questions and we'd nice. send them in, but oh we'd do God. it on the caveat like, hey, listen, we're actual yeah. like undergrad studying this if we win don't wig we don't want your merch we just want to see if we can answer it yeah yeah because yeah. like you know they're they're meant for more like pbs like it's meant for oh yeah public. they had like people doing friedman equations t-shirts. i'm like friedman equations yeah. like yeah, and rad. you're not gonna send me a shirt and they're yeah and that's like and they did a really good job of explaining of yeah. explaining it but it just comes about where if you have a uniform field hmm. and you start thinking about well what does that mean it just, it's its where, if I'm boiling water, and this was like one thing that Brian Green said really elegantly, like if I take a, a pot of boiling water, if I wait long enough, yeah, eventually the pot will just settle down for a fraction of a second. Mm-hmm. And in that fraction of a second, it is glass still. Yep. And so the energies in it are equilibrium or they're uniform. And if you can do that with mass energy distributions, you will get gravity to expand and really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's according to Einstein's equations, which work ridiculously yeah. well. It's, it's kind of maddening. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what, what, what's the option there, right? And so when somebody says, oh, yeah, but you don't need it if I tweak this, this parameter I don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, actually, this, that's a good point, too. When I'm tweaking my unknowns mm-hmm. after declaring them, mm-hmm. I've just got these in Smash, you know. Yeah. I got variables A, B, C in my Python script, and I just, like, scale them by any int. Yeah. You know, I'm and just and it is an important part of science. Like I say, you do have to attack assumptions Yeah. on anything. Sure. And I'll, I'll credit, too, that, like, I mean, I'll give, I'll, I'll, like, you know, be the devil's advocate and say, like, they can pat themselves on the back for having a good approximation of something. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was more about like them. We did it first. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like getting to first base before anyone hit the bat. Yeah. Well, you know? and it's funny because Nacho, I like sending him space virology stuff. And there was that paper 
and Nacho read it, and it wasn't groundbreaking. It was just that this guy wrote a paper on space virology so that he was going to be the first person with a paper on mm. space virology. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is clever. Like, um, I, I get why. Mm-hmm. So I see that here. Um, yeah. Where, like, they, like, they're just like, okay, well, if I make the approximation based on some stuff that we already didn't know, then I get the A, but I'm just investing in myself. It's know? just, there is... I don't know, maybe I just, I'm beyond my understanding, but like, how is it that you are able to vary a type 1A supernova, yeah. right? Like, I already know how to how to change the light curve, and that has nothing to do with what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I do know that the rate was higher back uh, in the early universe compared to now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, given, so given that, let's just say... Now that we've just like posited that they they're just like buying themselves, you know, an A plus in the future. What if they are right? What do you what do you what is your guys's take on that? Like, so we've because now we're a part of a special generation of people who went to school or people growing up knowing this thing that it's from ninety eight with Saul Perlmutter. Mutter, I know, I'm not ruining his name, but where he kind of shows that this is a thing. We have an expansion rate that's an acceleration. Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't? It's kind of an interesting thing because this is a fundamental thing about the universe. Like this is amongst those things where like, yeah. And that's what I was saying is that what they've done is they've tweaked the parameter to make it flat, which means I can tweak it to make it more curved. More gooder. Or I can tweak it to make it less curved. Yeah, yeah. And there's should never be a reason why you stop. It's like, oh, well, I want it flat, therefore I stopped it flat. Okay, cool, but why does... The universe doesn't give a damn. It yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. care. It doesn't the care. The universe wouldn't... Great. It would, there would be no difference to the universe if you just erased planet Earth. Great. That's exactly the like, kind that's of That's what physics tells us. I was waiting for one of you to give me. It's just like, cool. Yeah. It like, was happening before anyone in 98 yeah. thought like it's, it's the like, first. It's the first tenant of physics is it's isotropic and homogeneous. Doesn't that just mean lambda will be zero or something? <clears throat> well, and you then can make lambda positive or negative now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so you can you can ramp it up so it's supposed to be accelerating a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Or you can ramp it down to where we should be screaming at every yep. single yeah, galaxy. Corner. So mm-hmm. right. it'll change a number. That's what yeah. it'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and yeah. And <laughs> to so, our lives. To our lives. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. It'll so as astrophysicists, <laughs> astronomers, uh, astro-dorks, do you guys believe that... Well, is it significant to you if they're correct? Well, now, let's just... Like, we know we know nothing. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that with certainty. And that they've made this bias where they could just tweak a few numbers and get whatever result they want. Like, they don't want a big rip or something like that. Let's just say it isn't a big rip and that it is just a continuous expansion. Or... It falls in on itself as an astrophysicist of any kind. What does that make you think? Like, what would that make you think? Is is it like, is it more satisfying to you to know that if something like this or some new paper comes out, which better supports a big crunch to you, do you think this is like significant in how astrophysicists interpret, you know, the life cycle of a universe or something like that? You know, like, what do you feel about that? It's really, um, it would be an, an interesting discovery because um, we figured this, what was it? Did you say 98 was when they... 98 is when he 
98 <clears throat> the is the Nobel when Prize in 2011 was given out the to the 1998 paper and the 99 paper. Yeah, for right. Sol, yeah, this is what Saul Perlmutter did, which is yeah. just like okay. the, the yeah. confirmation of that those the results. Expo- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, expansion. Um, and so yeah, if it turns out that that was wrong for this many years. Yeah. then that's interesting that's significant oh that's cool that's a good way of looking at it like it's significant that that, he that is incorrect yeah that that we we sort of were on this track and then we're now off of it yeah. um but but then like i said in the end it is just the changing of a number lambda is just a different number now and like yeah, yeah. so it's like okay so our universe has you know what like a different fate or something like that's kind of cool but yeah, yeah we already know that adjusting certain fundamental uh constants can make a different universe anyway oh um, yeah yeah anyway, so it's yeah. just i guess kind of interesting to know which one we're in or something but it's not crazy mind it doesn't it doesn't it bad. doesn't hurt yeah yeah which yeah. is good i like that so yeah. my issue with it is that if you can tweak those parameters what stops you from tweaking all the others and this isn't oh, for like sure. this isn't like i'll yeah, just yeah. burn okay. everything to the ground we don't know anything just quit mm-hmm. It's a legitimate, this is a rung in the ladder for distance. Yeah, yeah. And we know it works close by mm-hmm. um, because all the other rungs that it, it attaches to work. So yeah. for you to just arbitrarily decide an age at which it stops or that it just like fades out and doesn't work and it's like, can we correct for it? But it's like, why yeah. is it that this one explosion seems to be standardized why was it standardizable in the first place yeah yeah, because it was yeah ridiculously well Mm -hmm. it's i'll I'll actually i'll I'll see if i can't find the picture and i'll put it up on the website uh fourth floor podcast right over the yeah 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 for the first one yeah yeah and so i'll i'll try to put it up on the site so you everybody can see awesome um just how well layer they do like yeah 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 for sure and that's interesting too is that that's a good take on it it's just sort of like it is the purchasing power of my bias yeah <laughs> but it's like uh right here so they took all those different light curves and they just flopped them on top of each other yeah like that's uncomfortable right so and it's like sure the red so they one normalized seems to flatten as well they normalize like the the brightness then yeah, yeah the, so they the, put them they, all at the 10 peak. light uh, 10 light years or whatever in the, in the distance modulus yeah yeah they oh, used it, yeah okay, okay. that's what they did is yeah. that they used uh they said let's assume that they're all the same absolutely. brightness let's put them okay. make them all the same brightness what yeah. does their distances do yeah it's at peak brightness and so yeah. that the only varying thing would be redshift yep yeah and uh and here's another really Which and it's like and it, it, we didn't great. just stop it wasn't like it was done in 1998 we're like great i guess we'll never do this again um it was done in in later papers as a confirmation and it's and kudos to the data collection oh yeah, yeah. that's like right? that, that's pretty aggressive actually and yeah it, keep it, that kind of that's awesome yeah. yeah and so I'll, I'll post this on the website uh when i write a bit more about this cool yeah. because it's crazy to think about how well and this isn't like oh these are all the nearest one no these are the yeah. hundreds or so like yeah, thousands really loudly saying that that's how it works and they've all flopped on this one line that we can fit to you know these guys are saying 4.7 sigma well, i can't remember what it's pretty good for astronomy or something <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good like the 1998 good enough for astronomy yeah had it's crazy good enough good. for astronomy it's good enough for me oh yeah here's a here's another one from a paper i keep bumping the mic sorry but okay. oh no that's very good one and that is a nice one 
right? Like, and that drop off versus the tail just kind of tells you um, how dusty the the galaxy that it's in is, because that's all you're in for red. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the conditions that they mentioned, because mm-hmm. they said the host of the supernova. No, no, I'm assuming that they're just saying the star, or they're like for the galaxy. It's they do say they do mention galaxy. the host galaxy as well. So yeah. it's just sort of like, yeah, and, and and yeah, but I mean, the the supernova is only on for thirty days. Take a yeah. take a light curve of the of the region and subtract it. Yeah, I was going to say do a correction. They're, they're where... completely subtractible in log space. Mm. Done. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're like looking you, at the same. It's like, it's like when you're when you want to to see what Earth's atmosphere is from Earth, you take a, a sh- you take a spectrum of it. And then you go up in space and you take a spectrum of the sun and you can just subtract them and all you're left with is Earth's atmosphere. And this yeah. works because that's how we do it with other planets. And it's that, e- and it, that's what you would do here. Mm-hmm. You would just subtract the light at all those wavelengths that, um, that the host galaxy has. And it would just, by definition, that's what's left over. And it's your supernova. That's awesome. So I'm not entirely certain why they felt any but if you if you can tweak it then you have to answer to the, the, this curve yeah true you do have to answer that curve because it's it's kind of ridiculous like can, if i showed you this curve could you tell me which ones were done at the beginning of the universe which ones were done at the end like, yeah no that's week? a good measure that's a good measure of like you know can you tell me which one's the the worst collected ones yeah. like no and like i say i have a i have just sidestepped the fact that these people are apparently able to tell me how old supernovas are and i can guarantee you they can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm doing yeah that's literally what you what you're doing <laughs> yeah. your and that's it, just you know? like not something you can do especially in the methods that they say i it doesn't work toss a coin to your pritchett i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in my thesis i was like yeah like the, this method they use works really well for today mm-hmm. the lines are parallel yeah um but then uh, the lines actually cross each other so your predicted line versus the line you're trying to fit uh they cross they're orthogonal mm-hmm. at, at earlier times and so now what you're saying is oh but at those earlier times i can tell you stuff about it with with what I know for a fact the method you use is orthogonal. So you don't have a fit anymore. <laughs> you can't say I fit a line with something that's... I can't fit the X line with the Y line. Like, that's, that's how you build I, yeah. coordinates, not how you like, build a plane. So That's not how you build, yeah, how you build a plane. <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah, I, I know like from what their methods are in the paper, I it's in my thesis, like mathematically shown that this doesn't work. And that's why we don't use that method. I'm using something else now. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I like that. Yeah. Speaking of supernova, lately everyone's getting all jazzed up about Beetlejuice. People aren't not talking about Beetlejuice. I don't know anyone. Okay, I get people who are not astro savvy coming to me at work. And yeah, I'm the, yeah, yeah. I'm the maintenance guy at another job. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> The person you're not supposed to see in a building. And they're just like, wait, you do Astro stuff, right? And then they'll just like open their coat and point to their stuff like, what do you think of that Beetlejuice? Thing? Yeah. And I'm just like, um, yeah, it's nice. cool. It is sputtering. Some people I, I know, like uh, Don Moffat, he, mm-hmm. he, yeah. He's way we into have, it and he's keeping track of it. He is keeping track of it. And you know what? He references the amateurs, astronomers, sort of specu- like uh, spectation on Beetlejuice. There is like this forum, which mm-hmm. I'll have to okay. include, but they're all watching Beetlejuice. Right now. Everyone's watching Beetlejuice. Yeah. 
And you have to ask yourself, what's that? Is that an accident that everyone just started watching it now? Or do models and other things suggest that we should start looking at it? Because it's been one of those things where, like, we know it's going to go. If there's a star that's going to go, it's Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's in his older years. You know, it's a red, red, you know, super yeah, giant. And so I mean, I would love it to go tomorrow so oh, that I could crazy. study it. You oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. You, know, you know what answers all my stupid questions I currently have? Oh, man, like, even if it doesn't answer any questions, like, if you had a different life and you got to be alive... In the time. It's going to cast shadows at night. It's oh. going to cast shadows at night? You're going to see it as bright as the moon in the day? Yeah. You know? Like it, you can identify where ooh. it is at most times. It will be harder to get to sleep, but I guess you just have to get used to the like. I won't get. You got a month and a half. I won't sleep for a month and a half. It means I got to be alive during it. I got an extra too busy, tan. Too busy looking at it than yeah. studying it. Okay. I got an extra. Yeah, the last tan. time something I guess, cool happened, now yeah. I get to stare at the crab nebula. So I guess I guess it's worth losing like, sleep over. Okay, I, I agree yeah. with you. Maybe not it's only a month, a month and a half of sleep you're losing. Oh, so, so cool. it, I mean, so what if a guy loses down, an man. entire shoulder? Like, <laughs> it's that's the gamut, you know. Um. So do we know why it's dimming yet? Or what are the major so, reasons? The classical thing here is that these kinds of stars have this, you know, coughing before death period. Mm -hmm. They get a little more variable in brightness towards the end of their lives as this kind, as towards the end. And are that's pre-helium flash? Or is are that... you looking for... I was hoping to find an HR Sorry, diagram. There's no, posters yeah, of this everywhere. It is post-helium flash. You've been at the top of the red giant phase. Remember, uh, you stay in the same point on the main... on the uh, on like your main branch. Yeah. yeah. That you never move from. Yeah. And then when you start becoming a red giant, you, you actually climb... Yeah. And then as you hit the helium flash, you'll pop down. And then you'll hit climb up again. You hit the next flash, pop down. Mm -hmm. Next flash, pop okay. down. So you're you bouncing expanding. between different uh, burning yeah. periods. Yeah, and, and, and so burning, and every time right? you every time you bounce down, you also skip over. You become a little bit hotter. Yeah, because you, you know you you have to. And so you you be bouncing, 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 and then eventually you'll reach the maximum your star can do. So whether or not you become a planetary nebula or mm -hmm. you crack down into a supernova type two. Yeah. You know, it depends on your initial mass. So it's stars that um, are gonna are destined for type two supernova. So these are the big guys. They're over eight solar masses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it take eight suns, put them in the same spot. Uh, they don't change radius too much. They don't, yeah. Until they leave the main sequence. Yeah, yeah. And I think and that's one of the spicy. Yeah, and that's why we're really excited to see the yeah. thing nerf itself is because that would be a cool thing well, to see. I mean, it's, get... it's one of the few stars we can actually see its surface. Yeah. It's big enough. It's close yeah. enough. We can actually get the disc. It would have been really, really cool. So here's the thing. Orion is a winter constellation, isn't it? Yeah. So if or it's going to go... summer, early morning summer, depends on, you know. What oh, you yeah, I'd do. stay up. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You yeah, know, you're still gotta around. Up, you you got to get up at like 3 in the morning to see it in the summertime. Oh, yeah, which is... <laughs> Dumb but doable, you know. There's a Friday night somewhere where I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really, really cool. And also, yeah, like it's also cool that it's in a constellation that's like so readily available. Oh yeah, like everyone knows where to look. Yeah, and everyone knows and where to ride. It's not like, some obscure the, we corner. We get the best nights. Up you in can the say look for the most fame famous constellation pretty well, and then look for the red one. <laughs> look for the red one. Look for the one that's currently getting larger yeah yeah um so so it's dimming and you think it's because it's doing that 
that well, uh, the coughing. The so coughing. that's one theory. Yeah. Another theory is every time you get to a new layer, like stars, um, they kind of form these little onion layers. Yeah. Of different um, material uh, fusion uh, regions. Yeah. And oh yeah. So okay. Yeah. You get like a core. So the sun right now is currently mostly hydrogen with some helium. It's burning the hydrogen into helium. And the helium's falling down and making this helium core. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the first layer of the onion. And as the helium core gets bigger, it, it pushes gets the yeah, hydrogen the, out more. Yeah, with the radiative cell onion. Mm-hmm. And so you're left with this little like onion layer. And then the hyd- or the helium starts going. And then that makes the next, I think it's carbon or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Really depends on what your star's metallicity is on what's the next layer. I think it's carbon. And um, so then you got like carbon and the helium on the outside, and then it'll start mixing a little bit, and they'll turn carbon into nitrogen and oxygen. You'll just start slowly climbing up, doing that CNO cycle right? dance. Yeah, and you end up with all these layers of heavier elements going towards the center, and every time a new one of those decides to burn, the star gets really, really big. Like it puffs out before that, right? Because it's just so hot, it's so chaotic. That it, it's variable and it's puffing out, puffing out, puffing out. Mm-hmm. And then that layer, right before it's about to turn on, it's it can't. Like, it's not quite compressed enough. So the star turns off. So the star compresses. Yeah. It's right? And it'll compress wind. down until it reaches the point of pressure where it can ignite that new layer and boop, it comes back out. Now, the right. thing about brightness of stars is dependent on two things. How far away that star is and how big that star is yeah and i'm gonna go on a hunch and say that beetlejuice isn't getting farther away right like it's it's an it's my it's my assumption Mm. or the surface area think is decreasing decreasing yeah right okay yeah and so that's the thing like remember i talked earlier it's the assumptions you have to attack if you want to tell me that beetlejuice is getting farther away you now have to tell me why yeah yeah if all of a sudden it just started moving (laughs) and as far as we know i don't know if anyone suggested that but yeah yeah, yeah, but i'm yeah, a good right. Occam's razor to assume that like the the most the least likely yeah. assumption yeah. in a three hundred and sixty degree circle it could just point and go away from us. It was just yeah. going in the opposite direction yeah. we're that's, facing. Like, that's that one possibility. Uh, it's a possibility. Yeah, like to I'm going to go with no, <laughs> and I will leave it to someone better than me to show me why. Uh, you can take spectra of it and get the red exactly. shift. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just but like red has shift. anyone taken spectra of it recently? What if? It's just chilling. Is it the spectra not change other than the brightness? Just the brightness. Okay. And so that means it's it's getting smaller. Now, there's another way to affect brightness. Yeah. Because the distance modulus also has this extra term on the end of it that nobody likes to deal with called reddening. Yeah. This is what I was thinking. Yeah. And so reddening is, yeah, you put a a cloud in front of it and it's just going to make red things dimmer. But if you take a spectra of it, shouldn't you detect that there is something in the way right um you should and now i don't know how that's gone so far i do know that uh it looks splotchy they did get uh, an image of its surface it looks pretty splotchy and dim okay whether or not that's a dust cloud in front of it i haven't been able to read any papers saying that there was a spectra recently yeah so there's a photograph um yeah and we'll put that on and the site. yeah yes for sure. i'll link it this in so um, it just shows the dimness part of it but is kind look, of dim the bottom right part is dimmer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. now that no, could just be an artifact could be the whole thing's dim except that one okay. part of that is brighter and so nothing we can do mathematically will ever make it even 
mm-hmm. you'll always have like oh this looks dimmer and it's a camera so that means anything brighter is just brighter mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about a camera's a linear um so it's hard to say i haven't seen any spectra that's a really good point because if we do take a spectra of it and there's a gas cloud in front guess whose spectra changed i also think that being said i also think someone okay i also think like if it if if it were in the talking you know if if it were a buzz and that we've just sort of like examined a few people talking about it i think they would have listed the spectra change too mm-hmm. that's well, the thing they wouldn't the have thing just is, ignored is it the yeah. cloud in front of it is they they did examine it they know the cloud in front of it is its outer surface yeah because it's been puffing out stuff so really if you do do a spectra of it you are just going to get more Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it you're could just, just be looking a cloud of its parts. of its former oh, exterior that's clumped up. Not a different cloud in the foreground, but yeah, it it's, it's puffed a bunch of outer layers and, and then it's they just cooled like a, down. A blob of it's just not uniformly distributed because okay. they shouldn't be uniformly distributed around the star. They should want to conserve angular momentum and kind of collapse a little bit, creating these regions of overdensity. Okay, and so that could be what you're seeing. It could be that it's going in between, uh, I don't know, burning something to something else. And one of the things that, um, like, Falk, Professor Falk at, at UVic is interested in is that he does stellar astrophysics internal modeling. So he models the time scales yeah. of which these happen. So one of the things he's really curious about is, does it come back? Does it come back brighter? Does it do the things he thinks? A change in burning region like or, or, or burning element I guess I would say does that new fusion element does it match any of his theories and his his predictions because that's important mm-hmm. right we've never we can't go inside a star and ask it the nearest star just does the same boring thing every damn just, day yeah. knock mm-hmm. on its door yeah so you know sure. you're stuck with with this fun guy and like I say there is we've just we've already discussed there's a few possibilities yeah so and we also have pictures like they have historically speaking like it's also shut off gas and doing things yeah yeah and so it has dimmed in the past not uh, as much and for long i think is the big is the big thing is like right now it's it's dropped significantly yeah and i think also like if there are other stars in the field like the background field i think we probably would have noticed a giant bowl of gas Mm -hmm. you know in the way so it it does make sense yeah well, I mean, it, it could just be it's on like a weird orbit and it just happened to oh, pass. Yeah. Like, oh, know, that's true. We yeah. shouldn't be able be to see weird... planets and yet they pass in front of us. They don't have to be in the plane of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we know what happens and gas is a lot easier to see than planets. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was gas. I wouldn't be surprised if it was um, just going into a new phase of yeah. its uh, thermonuclear change. I would be surprised if it was getting farther away. But those are the, you know, that's how brightness works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's distance, size, and a little bit of gas in front. It depends on how much you want to do. We have to ask Christy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to yeah. really define that because that's her research, right? That's yeah. true. We give her a call. Hey, Christy, quick question. Yeah. I wanted to correct the reddening to Beetlejuice. Yeah. And so so put a gas cloud in front of it. What would happen? Yeah. <laughs> also, Christy, you even care, like, you know. That being said, okay, so it's like eleven thousand year plus even more than that it could be in the hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. what is the for it to go oh, super, yeah that's another it. thing oh, it could be coughing because yeah. it's dying and it could do a supernova mm-hmm. tomorrow 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you get one of those weird, I don't think it would happen with this kind of star, but you get this groovy Nova situation where just, you know, that is an actual cloud that we saw get in the way, steal some fresh gas, a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of it, Mm. you know, lives on a little bit longer than we think. It just all, or just alters the the length of the light time. So if it's three weeks or, you know, a hundred thousand years and you guys see it, what do you do? Tell me exactly what you would do. Like, like, be literal. Okay, you're at work, and then it's it just... Thursday. Okay, oh. it's like it's it's a it's a work day. It, for well, sure. you it's let's a work see. Day in this the summer. winter, yeah, yeah. It would have to be a work day in the summer. Yeah, I was gonna that's say when it's in the sky. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah, fine. that's fine. That's fine. There's so yeah, yeah, true, because we're gonna see it at night. We're right, in so. the summertime. We're okay, working. Okay, yeah, it happens the summer. And it happens like August because that's yeah, a good. That's we're a good running the lemonade stand. And and suddenly, suddenly we got. I missed that. What? Yeah, I said my degree is being so well used. It is. It is. Hypothetically, well, you work at like a hot dog, or like a a food truck or something. Okay, so we're in the food truck. We're in the food truck, and and you do a double take. And then, yeah. So suddenly, in the sky, the sky. There's a bonus moon, but it's not moon shaped. Now it won't be as nearly as big as the moon. It will be as big as the moon, but but it'll be equibrite. It'll be as big as the moon. Will it? So you know, like curves, it'll just suddenly be like really bright, but then in our like within minutes, we'll like no, get no, no, no. Like, curves no, last got... for hundreds of days. Yeah, oh, we got okay. we got because like, like remember minimum. it's its size. It's like right? month and, and it's going to keep getting bigger, and it doesn't start dropping until it gets diffuse. So until okay. it gets thin enough, that right. you get your opacity to be one. So right? several days like of just being straight up really bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, straight up. I would. Yeah, I would definitely pause and just be like, I wait, it. what is that? And then I would remember this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then we just cool. We're gotten this one would down you, for like, later. Are you taking the day off or are you just like, cool, go back pictures. inside? I'm taking Oh, like, I'm taking pictures. I, I won't get a good one because it'll just be like my cell phone camera. Take a picture. picture in the like day accidental, <laughs> little like accidental dot. dad selfie. And then you go <laughs> yeah. and look, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Well, and I'm always inside. Yeah. So I wouldn't know until I, I left work around two. But you, you just mm-hmm, okay because mm-hmm. I'm I'm inside a building like one of us would tell inside. you I'm gonna make a pack. Well, yeah, right but now. I, yeah, but nobody's I, I don't check my phone. I don't get my phone. Out I'll phone yeah. you. Like, do you think I'm just not gonna like message you like <laughs> yeah, crappily? You'd, like, you'd phone my phone. Chin, you'd phone my, my phone, phone. It would ring in my locker on silent. So <sighs> now, if now if it happened before noon, I check my phone at, at lunch. Yeah, yeah. So I'd find out there. But if it's if Dude, it's not that half hour window, big, yeah, I miss it until we would get the uh or any telescope. I was gonna say a solar telescope. Any telescope. Um, we would head up to the hill. Oh my we God. would, yeah, yeah, yeah. we would, it? we would call each other and say, "Let's get together." What do you mean? Go call? to the, you know where I work. You've been I would, there. You would um, have to knock on the. Yeah. You'd come knock on the door and get me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh you, like, God. all right, no, we're doing sorry. this thing. We, do we forget someone? Is it Jason? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, we go to the hill and take a look at it, and then see it with our own eyes. Yeah, yeah. And then that's all we could do because nothing up on the hill can. I don't know enough about. Uh, astrophotography to do anything more than just look now, at something. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not big on the hill telescopes, but none of the telescopes on the hill can actually look at the moon. It's too bright. Oh, yeah, the big oh, yeah, ones. We would just destroy. But like the... Right, so we'd have to get... So we wouldn't be able to take spectra Like an eight inch or something. Yeah. So actually, it could do... They... That hill could do no science on this supernova. Because it'd be too sure dang bright. It's too dang yeah. bright. Yeah. So yeah, that means Mauna Kea is out. That means every major telescope in the world Unless we put like... Do the groovy a, a telescope filter. thun. 
the, yeah yeah filter a, put just a like a, a, a sun fill a beetlejuice filter <laughs> a supernova filter over top of your over your uh cfht size telescope it just doesn't show up without the beetlejuice it's literally filter. just like the top of like a bean can but i haven't asked uh i haven't asked the folks you know i can't believe we never asked this question but like we haven't asked the folks at, folks at the DAO if when like if it were to go because they take spectra. That's mm-hmm. the thing. But they they couldn't. It's too bright. Yeah, yeah. You so, would you would literally a hole would come out the bottom because it would melt the bottom of the instruments. Yeah, like one it's of our jobs bright. is to confirm supernova. That's the thing. We yeah, concern. They're we always confirm. so far away that you're like meh. But this is so big. This this is, it's so the moon. Can you take can a confirm? Can confirm? <laughs> Look it, at the sky. The big. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> it is is it possible to take pictures of the moon? Yeah. On the hill, and if that answer is no, which I'm yeah. pretty sure it is, I don't think either of the those two big scopes can. Yeah. Then that mean, and those aren't. I'm saying big scopes. Those aren't that big. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right now in Victoria, that leaves the UVic. Yeah. Which can't do spectra. Yeah. We're gonna have to take out the solar scope and just let it. And I mean, it's just gonna. I mean, you. We would have to go to the solar scope. We would have to set up because I know the school has spectrometers because I've used them in labs. So we'd have to set that up, jerry rig it to take the the info from the sol like from the little six inches that were eight inches that were running. Yeah. To get spectra. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause that's it. That's all you have. That's backyard astronomy does Beetlejuice because you couldn't use anything <laughs> else. There's no filter. Like, what would you, you couldn't just put a blank lower gain yeah. filter on because you, you could do lose it, yeah. something. Huh. And you'd have to convince Interesting. me that what you're losing isn't important. Yeah. And yeah. I can tell you, yeah. I don't know enough about totally right. Supernova. Yeah. I, to do I, that. But maybe they, say, we could do what you said, uh, Chris, like a coronavirus thing. thing. Oh yeah. 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 No, for sure. it's too put big. Part of a. Well, it's also, too, you're not going to get the whole... You, the chronograph blocks the star. Yeah, entire, and you're not going to okay. get the and whole... This thing, this thing reaches solar system size. But pinhead-sized chronograph, like, just a little... You only need to set up a part of it, right? Remember, this is Betelgeuse. We can see we can see its physical size, <laughs> right? So We can see the disk. Yeah. This loom, thing reaches at light speed, almost, the size of its solar system, mm-hmm. if it has, like, size of our solar system. It can get to 100 AU as fast as you can get to 100 AU. No chronograph is stopping that. And that's why it's as bright as a full moon. It's the size of a solar system and getting bigger. So here's the thing. We know that with telescopes, you have a smaller field of view with a smaller telescope, right? You know? So so you have the finder scope on the DFM at UVic, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a smaller field of view. You you don't get the zoomy zoomy, right? The finder scope should have a wider field of view. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So all we need yeah. okay. is a really wide. So we just need to start spending lots of money on really expensive <laughs> tiny telescopes. So I think I think the story. the backyard astronomers are going to have a field day when this happens and but the big I don't guys know how much backyard astro- they do photometry really well i don't think there are any backyard astronomy you're people. absolutely right that's oh, why spectro- that's why they, they send should... our stuff to astronomers at the dio because those people confirm the supernova by taking spectra mm-hmm. they have an actual spectrum yeah, so you get the photometry to be like i see a weird bright spot the dia the dao goes okay we'll check it with a spectra now you're saying we have to do the opposite. The yeah. DAO can't do anything. The DAO just has to be like, hey, Bob, can you set up your eight yeah. inch in your backyard real quick and go out and like, we're going to send you the Vernier 
Yeah, <laughs> I have a, I have a longer pro, longer pro three. <laughs> I have a solution for this. Okay, take the McKellar telescope. It's got a big, big, big coude room. Yeah. Um, remove the McKellar telescope, <laughs> put on a smaller one, and then use the coude room, and then you get uh, spectra. But take the McKellar telescope. Smaller telescope. Send it to the landfill. <laughs> we don't need it. Yeah, we don't Everything need else it. I used to do is done. You know, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it did find a planet. It's it's done. It you yeah. Know, you it can't did, do spectra. It's super. You know, they're around. Get out of here. One interesting fact about this is that among the last, it would be really cool because among the last two supernovae that happened was in 1054. Mm-hmm. That was the cool one that people thought was a visiting star that came in, and then which is funny because you mentioned a while ago is like one. Let's attack our assumptions and let's say that the star just going away. <laughs> That's why I mentioned it. See, it's like that's people what people thought. People used to think that. Yeah. So with the 1054 supernova, when it came in, um, it got brighter. It and got like brighter. So they're like, well, brighter. it's getting closer, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah. is cool because they already assume standard candles. Like yeah. they just assume all stars were the same object, just closer was brighter. Yeah, true. Yeah, so they did that. It's Believable too. Believable yeah. too. So and then it just like <clears throat> no one has a mechanism. Um, mm-hmm. Other than the angels were behind it pushing it, I probably, which is was a thing. That's how they thought yeah, the planets moved. Thought the Earth moved, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So um, obvious, same mechanism. Is it just went away when it was done, saying hi, real loud and colorfully, and then yeah, it did its thing. And in then the Europe, next, my my dad, everywhere else was like, dude, this is weird. We should we should actually write this down. We should take, write this down about with it detail. It's also pretty. It's changing too, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Europe was just like, nope. Angels pushed it in. Angels pushed it away. <laughs> <laughs> An angel be, angel do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We don't ask why. We just let it happen. Yeah. And so the the literal last one that actually happened in the Milky Way though was uh, supernova sixteen oh four which is Kepler's supernova. Yeah. It's the one, um, if you Google Kepler's supernova, it looks really cool because it looks like some sort of, I don't know why, I'm thinking like visually looking at all of the spectra, it looks like some kind of like pocket lint that's radioactive or like mm-hmm. yeah. really cool piece of popcorn that is groovy. <laughs> and you shouldn't eat that because you'll see stuff. But yeah. uh, it'll be cool because Beetlejuice will be the next thing. And if well, it, and there, there was also the 1987A. Yeah, that happened or, in the, yeah. one of the Magellanic clouds, right? Yeah, yeah, which was also wild. We'll call that local enough. Like, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, like we've we've only got a few. And in 1987, sure, we were able to take some stuff. Like that 1987A was one of the main reasons that people knew that neutrinos didn't travel faster than light, mm. because the current theory for how fast neutrinos traveled put them at the right time to get to Earth compared to the light. So, oh yeah, yeah. So that 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 match. So it was like when we were like, oh, we we might have found neutrinos traveling faster than light. We think we're wrong, and then all the astronomers were like, probably are. Should look into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because you know we we measured that the neutrinos, the time difference in 1987a for the neutrinos was how long it would take light to actually get through all the dust and all that to get to Earth. It takes a while, and in that time, neutrinos just go. They don't care. And so the neutrinos got here, and then the light was just slightly behind. And the light, if you take the amount of time it takes the light to go through all the dust, and then the speed difference that we think it is, light should have caught up X amount to the neutrinos, and that's what we measured. Yeah. So it was kind of like a nice way of confirming that that was probably false. Yeah. And And neutrinos are the least caring, for sure. 
Yeah. So like 1987A, but that was really like the only science, right? Which kind of caught everybody off guard. Like, wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah. But I mean, large and small Magellanic clouds are local. They're not close. Beetlejuice is close. What, 600, 500 light years? Something oh, yeah, yeah. Dumb something, like that. Like, like it's, that. it's next door. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's close enough. It's far enough away that we don't have to worry. Yeah, we're not. And it's not pointing at us. Yeah. At that distance, if it was pointing at us, I'd still cry. But there aren't any stars there are a couple stars that little... are pointing at us that are close enough okay um so if you're not pointing at us you have a certain distance you can be if you are pointing at us you can be a little bit farther away hmm. right but it's the difference of seeing a kamehameha from the side versus getting hit by a kamehameha right right <clears throat> yeah oh yeah. so it's 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 the jets that are the really jets strong? are yeah they're gonna suck um but but the otherwise because it's also it'll, blasting it'll, yeah, the, jet, the jets right? are are very um concentrated yeah and so it takes a while for them to be diffuse okay whereas the rest of it is spherically diffusible okay and so it drops off as one over r squared right, yeah. and right that just anything spreading and stuff so in was, space is dropping off for one square beetlejuice yeah, pointing at us no okay so no, it'll I still be bright is almost on 90 degrees away like i think it okay it's almost <laughs> perfect Right. For, yeah. Yeah, with orbit. yeah, yeah. What is it? Like six or seven hundred you know, light years away or two hundred something parsecs. Yeah. Bias choice. We're safe. <laughs> yeah. I need a cool light show. But yeah. Like I said, yeah. I would I would probably uh, go outside as fast as I could to take a picture. So I could say I got a picture. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go back to work though. I'm mm. a theorist and I know that no. I like that. It depends on what job I have. I've got I mean, a couple well, games it's gonna going to be on. there, right? Yeah, when you, it's when not you're going anywhere. I've got time to finish wait the, for the shift weekend. And squeak a few more dollars of the man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but Chase then those dollars, boy. And also like I did I just include in during this talk like we have nothing that can do spectra on it, which we would have to hodgepodge together. We would. So to get it to work. Uh, amateur astronomers, then you should get out there and start designing your own spectrographs. And oh, absolutely! Right. Every if kind of already pointed at this. Get thing. into spectroscopy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Start <laughs> learning those free, you know, Python image reduction things and see if you can scratch some stuff from looking at Beetlejuice when it dies. Yeah, and again, and it would be fun. Like I'm thinking, you know, to try and design yeah. an experiment to try totally. and get your biases down you know you'd want to take a spectrum of the sun take a spectrum of the sky take a spectrum of the moon and then at nighttime take a spectrum of the sky and take a spectrum of the moon and then see yeah. if you can't find a way to solve just what your sky is mm, right yeah and then every time you take a spectrum of a star just subtract that yeah yeah that's in one important step for sure yeah. and then it's just that's all I've, I've taken an account of all the things that are bright that are nearby that i don't care about and now i'm but also you you have to make sure that you don't have any other light sources coming in so you have to basically put a pin at the where you like uh, cover your whole uh screen and then put a pinhole where the star is and mm-hmm. make sure it's not like that it depends <laughs> what job i have I've got a couple thanks for listening aside from the fact that every business needs to tell you to stay apart and that they support the whole covid19 thing which i am very grateful for I mean, I don't know if um, my podcasts are really supportive. They're already far away from me. However, I'm going to ride this train and say um, thanks for staying six feet apart, social distancing, and adhering to the rule, less depressy, more progressy, while we all remain in our rooms finding stuff to do. On a more serious note, 
If you are in or closer to isolation, please take care of your mind. Skype or FaceTime your friends with those ridiculous Snapchat filters you've been saving for this moment. Also, all the books on your shelf that you bought two years ago and never read, that's what this is for too. You can find our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, and feel free to visit our new website, fourthfloorpodcast.com. That's for the number, fourthfloorpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.